I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to State of the Nation on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Jimmy Durkin, joined by Vic Tafer and Ted Wynn. We are hanging out at Linguini's Pizza and Brew here in Alameda. And uh, got some fans over here. Uh, pretty, pretty cool atmosphere. Yeah, it's good. I think everyone's excited to see Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro's in the house. So, uh, welcome. Absolutely, yeah. yeah welcome. Welcome. Forgive me, I'm a little under the weather a little bit, uh, but we're going to have a good time. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, uh, rookie year about to get underway, and, and you just kind of went through the the tricky weekend for, for a lot of guys, and you know, cut-down day is is a time that for a guy like you who goes into cut-down day knowing you're going to be on the team, what, what's that like as you are experiencing friends, teammates, guys that are NFL-quality players that, that you're having to say goodbye yeah. to? It's, it's such a unique and, and new experience for me. Um, in college and every team I've been on, uh, this is your team. You grind with them all summer, and then you go to war in the fall. And uh, so it's just so weird um, letting guys go and then going to this team and getting some guys. And it's yeah, you really can't describe it. I, I'd heard stories, um, uh, but experience it, and it's your friends, and it's just it's just a unique experience that um, uh, you're you're glad to be on the the staying side of things rather than being out the door so you came in as a fifth round pick with definitely a lot of buzz around your name when you came in John Gruden was always very high on you and Mike Mayock when did you know that you made the roster when did you at some point in training camp did you like hey, you know what I'm gonna make this team and we'll go from there yeah um uh, I mean I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that I never feel like I've made it uh I feel like I've have so much to prove and and um you're never when you get complacent, that's whenever <laughs> bad stuff starts happening. But uh, I would say kind of halfway through camp, had some good practices, uh, and then we, we kind of split the roster. I didn't play in uh, Canada, and they didn't play again in Seattle. So um, I think for me that was two indications that I was going to make it. Uh, and and But for me, I didn't want to think about that. I didn't want to think about just making the team. I wanted to think about, all right, I don't want, I don't want to be so worried about making it and then the season's here. I want to just be ready, whether it's whoever it's with, just be ready to go play. Uh, and I'm so I'm so excited the Raiders kept me, and I think we're going to have a great year this year, and I'm excited. Obviously, you come here from Clemson, a, a high-end program, national championships, catching touchdowns to win national champions and all that. Um, w- w- having that experience, being at a high-level program like that, how similar or different is that to, to come from there? Because a lot of guys that you may be – came in here and trying to fight for jobs don't have that same experience what was it like to come from there and then go into the NFL and, and how different is it in the NFL just when since you have been at, at a program that's yeah. at such a high level yeah I, a place like Clemson has prepared me tremendously um whereas the coaches or um the, the supports everyone around Clemson um kind of gears you to play your best and just to have fun doing it um we talk a lot about family atmosphere and and really caring for the guys in the walls in the building to um want to do it for them so for me, it was easy to want to play hard for Derek Carr and Tyrell and AB because those are my friends. Those are the guys I look up to, and I just want to do my best for them. Um, and so it's just been a lot of fun getting there, and uh, I'm, I'm just excited. <laughs> you said your mom used to throw you a lot of off-target passes and force you to adjust and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Did she take a lot of credit for your hands when you have a good game or something Absolutely, like that? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been my dad's genes, but my mom's passes <laughs> for sure. When you first got to Clemson, I think I read you were 150. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I remember I, I got my tonsils taken out right before I got to Clemson. Oh, that's so I remember fair. stepping on the scale <laughs> like two weeks before I got to Clemson. I was 148, 
and that was the lowest I'd been in a long time because I played my senior year at like 160. Okay. Um, but I dropped back down because my tonsils. Uh, so if you ask Sweeney, he would say I was 125. He, <laughs> he likes to exaggerate a little bit, He's saying I benched 95 pounds. But uh, uh, but um, yeah, I was definitely small and had a lot to lot to work on. But thankfully, I had a redshirt year at Clemson uh, that kind of got me prepared. Um, so it was good. I think Sweeney at one point said that, don't worry about it. At some point he'll weigh 188 and he'll <laughs> lift 300 pounds. So where are you at? Do you, can you lift 300? Uh, not quite. <laughs> uh, maybe on my back squatting. But, uh, How about your 188? Is that where you're at? Yeah, or? I'm, I'm low 180s for sure. I'd, I'd like to get a little stronger, a um, little better shape every year. And so um, I usually put on two or three pounds every year. So in high school, triple option quarterback, right? Yep. When, uh, at what point did you realize that that quarterback was not going to be the route for you uh, to keep going at? Uh, I, I think I always knew it. I, yeah. just, I just loved receiver. Um, and, and in high school, we had to put our best athlete at quarterback or we weren't going to win any games. Um, and I knew that was the best chance for me to get touches and, and to help the team win. So I uh, played quarterback, played a little, little running back and receiver my sophomore year. My older brother, Jordan, was a quarterback. Um, but I still come in when we threw it and kind of spread. Uh, we'd run some spread packages. I'd come in, but um, really just just growing up, um, playing in the backyard. My dad was a high school coach, so uh, Friday nights were as big for me as they were the high school players. I was on the practice field, um, b- barely lit field. Uh, you get the kind of over over the light would come over from the stadium, and uh, we'd have thirty kids out there playing high school football on Friday night as. 10 year olds and so for me that was just so much fun that's where I, I learned to love the game um, and and try to take that same love I have for it then uh, to now so you mentioned the backyard I mean uh, how about turkey days you guys have big games on Thanksgiving I, I, absolutely yeah so I come from a big family I think I read 68 cousins is yeah, that right first cousins so <laughs> 68 first just cousins. on my dad's side so my dad's one of 11 wow. children and uh, so yeah so I, I would always say if I can get open against those guys in the front yard on Thanksgiving, Christmas, and they're not calling flags, then surely I can get open when they are calling flags and, and they're pulling and grabbing on you. And, and so that's really where I fell in love with it and uh, learned how to play receiver. So, so it was 20 on 20 or 20? I mean, how many guys are out there? Yeah, no, there was you a got lot. full offense, full defense, full special teams. My grandparents <laughs> lived in the country, and so we'd have a big front yard, uh, pine cones everywhere. Uh, you don't have pine cones out of here. That's nah, weird. No pine cones. Yeah, there's That's so weird. some places. Yeah. Like, but uh, goalposts in in the yard. We'd have trees. Okay. And uh, we'd have the power line. We try to kick it over the power line. Uh, so it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, my my cousins have have a. They kind of live up north, and they've got a big front yard, and so they built a goalpost. And so we'd go up there for Thanksgiving. We actually had a goalpost. That was, yeah, I mean that we'd was, have so much fun. We'd have a basketball court that had no pavement, just grass. We play. Uh, we we'd go and play. <laughs> play like 20 on 20 manhunt at nighttime <laughs> they, they lived in like an old graveyard so it was always spooky and uh it was it was just a lot of fun was it always gonna be football i know you were also a good baseball player right when you were, when you were growing up yeah, so i remember going into my junior year in high school i i thought i was going to play baseball i thought my body type would probably fit better for it um and i'd have some success i think liberty offered me a university um and talked to a few pro teams and and I just thought baseball might be might be what I want to do, but then as senior year come, came around, I thought, all right, in ten years, I'm gonna be regretting this decision not to play football. That's just been always been my first love and something that I always dreamed about playing, playing in the NFL, playing in college. Uh, and so when it came to decision time, I, I I knew that's what God wanted me to do. So. 
So I was, I was a triple option quarterback in high school, okay, by the cool. way, too. So I feel nice. your pain. The pass yeah. was like a trick play for us. <laughs> yeah, like four or five times a game. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But so, so much of playing uh, slot receiver is instinctual, and um, you can't really measure those type of things. Can you describe the mental process it takes to play slot receiver? Um, I think it's all about spacing. It's all about, like you said, in- instinct. Uh, it's, it's a lot playing. I played so many sports growing up, whether it's basketball, football, baseball playing hockey in the back, whatever it was, wiffle ball in the front. We just wanted to play sports all the time and compete. And so um, playing slot is like, it's like basketball. It's like, it's like you have a good feeling around you, um, pick and rolls. I mean, you just know where the zones are. You know how to get a shot off. So you just have that spatial awareness. And same thing in football. Um, you just have that spatial awareness of where the defender is, where you need to make your next move. And so you just have always have a good feel of where people are, where they're going to attack you. If they do this, then you're going to do that. And so um, when I got to Clemson, Coach Scott, our receiver coach, he, he coached me a lot and taught me a lot. But a lot of it was natural and just being able to um, take what I learned as a kid, playing in the front yard, playing at Thanksgiving and, and applying it and having fun with it. So. Yeah, and so what's the, your? Do you feel like your best route that you run? Best route? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, do you have a favorite route? Uh, when I catch it, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I try to just just whatever the team needs. Um, I really don't have a route where I'm like, all right, that's my go-to route. Um, but just just with whatever fits the the scheme that week, um, you all you. All, Obviously, have certain plays that week that you've set up the week before that you've made look the same. Um, so that's what's fun for me. Not necessarily a certain route, but trying to make everything look the same. And, and this week, I did a hard stem in and ran a basic. The next week, I'm going to do a hard stem in and run a corner. So that sort of deal. And, uh, and then you can hard stem in and fake the corner, run the dig again. So um, just trying to make everything look the same. Derek Carr is not exactly a hard guy to probably get along with. Um, what was that process like when you came in here, met him, and, and just started building that chemistry with a quarterback? Because obviously that's, that's so important to how what kind of role you're going to have is what kind of yeah, chemistry absolutely. can you build. Yeah, you need chemistry. Um, his job is to throw the ball. Mine's obviously just to get open. Um, but uh, chemistry helps. It definitely helps. And Derek is somebody that, um, I mean, he's 28, and I got an older brother that's 28, so he's, he's almost like an older brother. I mean, he's five years older than me. Um, and, and he's done it for six years, and he's done it the right way, and someone I believe in as a person and as a player. And I, uh, I play with Deshaun, I play with Kelly Brown, I play with Trevor, um, and Derek's just as good as all of them. And uh, he's been to a Pro Bowl, and uh, so it's just so much fun to, to be with a guy that's smart. And that's what people don't realize, how smart he is as a player. Um, he always knows what to do with the ball, uh, and he throws unbelievable passes I mean I was at practice today and he zipped a few and I remember looking at Tyrell and being like that is unbelievable how he can do that with the football so uh, it's just he's just someone that you want to play for um, you want to go win for and uh, hopefully we can continue to build that chemistry as the season goes along I may have asked you this at uh, training camp but I want to ask you about Antonio Brown what's it like watching him at practice what do you learn from watching him and Definitely a, a different kind of guy. I mean, yeah, special. yeah. I mean, he's special for a reason. Um, if he's different, um, but he likes to be different. Different works for him, and uh, he's. It obviously works. It's obviously what's got him to where he is, and it's uh, it's fun to just watch him because he's the hardest worker, um, and he does. He runs every route to win, 
and and he can be upset at times because he doesn't get the ball, but he should be because he run he he catches it every time we throw it to him, and so it's just so much fun to watch that and just watch how he runs every round, how he sets people up, um, and it's just fun to to be around a guy who wants to win that bad. And what makes him elite? Is his footwork, or what, what do you think stands out as far as his skill set? I think personally, I think just his ability to run by you. Um, I think your greatest threat as receiver is just ability to run by the guy, and so he. I mean, he, he just runs by guys. And because of that, it opens up the, the out routes, the in routes, the curls, the, the double moves. I mean, if, if I'm running a route against you and be pretty easy. I attack you up the field, <laughs> and you, yeah, and, and he's fast. Yeah. And, and if, if, you, if I'm playing DB against him and I feel like he's going to beat me deep, then I'm a haul tail and it opens up uh, the dig and the – like I said, the curl and everything underneath. So uh, I think it's just his ability to, to run by guys. I also want to ask you about the other receivers. Uh, obviously, a very uh, different uh, group of guys, a lot of different uh, skill sets. What's your scouting report on uh, Tyrell and, uh, and JJ and uh, the rest of the core? Um, I mean, <laughs> they're pros for a reason. They're veterans for a reason. Um, just watching them work every day, that's something to me. Because um, Ty was undrafted. He was on practice squad for a year. And so just watching him work every day. Uh, it's similar to A.B., but just how he switches up his releases. Um, he's got a clear focus every day of what he is trying to accomplish um, for Tyrell. And J.J., uh, he's so fat. I mean, he just runs. I feel, like, I feel like A.B. is sort of a mix of all of them because J.J. just so fat. He just runs by guys, um, and he knows what to do. Ryan, same way. Um, Ryan is one of the smartest players I've ever been around. Um, just never makes mistakes. Uh, and so just kind of picking his brain and just watching him compete every day is fun. It's got to be amazing to think that you sit in a room with Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. You're the highest drafted of those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never even sixth round that. pick for Antonio <laughs> I mean, and undrafted I, for Tyrell. That's I forgot, first. yeah. That is, you yeah, can puff your chest out a little bit yeah, about that one. And then JJ and RG were both fifth round picks. Right. I'm not sure about Dwayne Harris. Uh, uh, I think it was undra- is he undrafted. I think, man, I think man, it was undrafted. I think. Yeah. But we, I mean, wow. That's what it's kind of like in in college. It's not necessarily the five stars. It's the guys that are football players and uh, are willing to compete, and and that's why it's fun being with those guys in the room because they know the little things are they can overcome some physical limitations, and it's just watching them uh, play is fun. Yeah, so Hard Knocks did a good job of highlighting your receiving skills, but they weren't too kind about your <laughs> singing skills. Yeah. So did you get a lot of flack for that? And do you want to redeem uh, yourself on this podcast? No, I don't. That was a one-time thing, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, my friends gave me a hard time. But the thing was, I was never nervous up there. I knew I was a bad singer. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was going to be awful. But I had fun with it. And uh, I, I thought I was going to get up there and, like, couldn't even talk. I did mess up at the end. But that was kind of just to get off the stage. Uh, <laughs> but, but I thought I was going to be super nervous up there. But I really wasn't. I mean... Uh, just because I had Derek there and, and all those guys that are friends to me now. And uh, it was just cutting up and having a good time with them. Is that just a bad representat- representation of Clemson's overall singing skills? Or? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I think Sweeney texted me that night. I was sitting in meetings, he sent me a text, and we got this thing called Club All In where all the freshmen have to uh, get up there and karaoke. And he, he texted me, Club All In, uh, he, ta- he taught you better than that. And, uh, but I, I, didn't, I didn't have to go through it. It was the year after... Uh, my freshman year, they started it. So hopefully this next crop of Tigers will be be able to sing. All right. So the, one of the main reasons we've been wanting to have you on the podcast is 
you've been a guy that's basically been mentioned on, on every show, I think, since you were drafted. Because uh, early on, I think probably around OTAs. It was a while back. Yeah, yeah. we had uh, Maurice Jones-Drew on, uh, NFL Network analyst. And we are just talking to him about expectations for this season. And he's kind of running down the Raiders' offense. And mentions Hunter Renfro. He's going to catch 80 to 90 passes. <laughs> so... Uh, th- those, those are the expectations that wow. have been laid down. Uh, wow. how, how do you like that? Uh, I mean, whatever it takes to win, whether I catch five or 105. Um, I think we, uh, the guys in the locker room just want to win. Uh, <laughs> it would be nice to catch that many balls, obviously, but um, someone's going to get those targets. Derek's going to do a good job of spreading the ball around, but um, – if you have a chance to throw to A B deep or me on a five yard route, I'm throwing A B every time. <laughs> or Tyrell. And so uh hopefully we can just get the ball downfield and make plays for sure. All right. Well, season is almost here. We got Monday night game. Get to open it up on a Monday night game against the Broncos. That should be fun. All good right. Blast. We really appreciate Hunter you joining us and uh, good luck this season. Awesome. Thank you all yeah, for thanks, having us. Thanks, all right, we're back and uh, good times hanging out with Hunter Renfro. And just a reminder here that we are live from Linguini's Pizza and Restaurant located at 1506 Park Street in Alameda. It's open seven days a week, and you can watch live sports from here all year round. Just had a very fine Popeye's pizza with chicken and yeah, a margarita pizza. Spinach, pesto Hun- sauce. Hunter went with the uh, cheese sticks. The cheese sticks. The wife is cooking for him tonight, so he can't come home. A little turkey chili at home. Turkey chili him, favorite, so, yeah. so we gotta got to make sure he go, gets home to the wife happy. We can't uh, have him showing up home. You, you home camp out here for six weeks in a row when the Raiders on the road, so. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have something to, to, to kill the time. But not, we didn't give away too much secrets because maybe cheese sticks are not on his menu from like the dietary uh, standards the team has. Yeah, so. I don't think he finished them, so he's all right. He's all right. All right, he, all right. I mean, so, he, sorry, he, sorry, Hunter. I, he, I apologize. He's, he's on a run for a while. That's I shouldn't have <laughs> given out the information in public about <laughs> cheese sticks. That's on oh. me. All right, well, biggest reactions to the Raiders' 53-man roster. They set the roster on – they set it on Saturday, and then there were – Uproars, four quarterbacks. It was 19 hours. So they had four quarterbacks. Wait, People were losing sun, their yeah, minds. Sunday, they they claim Deshaun Kaiser from from Green Bay, and I mean, people were already a little bit up up and you know going crazy about the three quarterbacks, right. which not most most teams don't do. And obviously, the reason they wanted three was was Gruden wanting to hang on to Nathan Peterman, and then they they get in a fourth. Um, we find out on Monday. When you, when you have a chance to get Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser, you can't, you can't, you can't turn it down. You got, you can't, you got to jump on that. So I, is I get that true? That. That's true. That's true. Okay. So they had four quarterbacks for about 19 hours. People were freaking the f out on social media. Losing they were their never going to keep four. That was. But, you, but people really like. Were they really thought. They were oh my god! Well, especially I mean, you combine that with people being upset that they got rid of Keelan Doss and if they, they correlate the would two. Keep four, it would be the Raiders. So I will say that. That's why I'm like, <laughs> oh man, my team. They always do this to me. Why? People were just going to – anyway. So, obviously, the news came Monday that uh, Nathan Peterman going on IR with uh, an elbow injury. Um, and because it is IR after making the roster, he can, in theory, come back midway through the season if they need him. But let's just say right now, if, if the Raiders are bringing back Nathan Peterman off IR – this season's probably gone pretty far sideways. Something went really, really wrong. Yeah, something went really off track. And I think it's a legit IR. I don't think it's uh, one of those stash type of deals, too. Really? Do you thought you, he got hurt in, in Seattle? I, I mean, like, why? <laughs> he, he has trust. They're going to put him on the roster anyway. I mean, they put three QBs in a roster anyways, right? Right, but but, but uh, Kaiser became available the day after that, though. It became available. But you don't move that m- much stuff for Kaiser, do you? Oh, you do. That's oh. my point. <laughs> oh, oh. Gruden loves him. Gruden out of college, talked about his big arm and 
quite the athlete. Mayock is a big fan of him, so I think. If Mayock was covering, uh, was doing Notre Dame games was, when, yeah. when Kaiser was like, there. Yeah, rated number one. Yeah, so I, yeah. Think, I think you do. I think you like, we can't pass this guy up. We got to get him. We'll worry about it later. And then you go over to Peterman and say, hey, man, which arm you want? And you left or right? This is my right. Whack! <laughs> and you whack him in the elbow. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's what we were talking about last week. They were going to do with Ingold if they were going to keep Smith, but um, they do, they do it with Peterman and whatever. If if it's legit, if it's not, whatever. It's fine. It's, it's, it happens to every team. And yep. again, the bottom line is that Gruden keeps the guy, keeps his pet project. Yeah, he really does love Nathan Peterman. Loves the upside. Loves just the, the ability to scramble and, and his good footwork. So I think keeps his toy around for a year and can see what happens in terms of his development. I mean, other surprises, I guess, if you want to call them that. Uh, you know, the Brandon Marshall getting getting cut, um, a little bit of a surprise. I know, as as you wrote, uh, you know, on Monday that when you when you hear Mayock talk is, you know, well, he, he didn't recover fast enough from the knee injury, but we were starting to see the the juice kind of come back. And like, so wait, you, he was starting to finally kind of be the guy that that you you signed, and, and yeah, now I, you I was get more surprised him? after Mayock talked him before because before I'm like, I get it, he was slow coming back. I, I mean, he's obviously. Uh, not what he once was. Then, but Max says, but then we started seeing signs of his old self. I mean, wait a minute. Then, then why? Then why did you cut him now? I mean, <laughs> that's the part that threw me off. Like if you if you saw signs of the guy you wanted, don't get rid of him. Well, maybe he's trying to do him a solid to get him signed for the next team. Oh, so he lied. Yeah. All right. I mean, he right. he says he's healthy. You know, obviously we knew he wanted to he wanted to come to this Raiders team not just for this year. He wanted to make it to to Vegas next year and. Uh, you know, get to his hometown, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what he, happens with him. He's a good dude. I wish him the best. Obviously, I think he wished it helped worked out here. But um, we'll see Nicholas Morrow, the next man up. So uh, Gruden talked him up today at, at practice and just said he's made some improvements. Good tackler, very, very fast, good instincts. So Morrow's a key guy now on this defense. Obviously, the, the move I think that got people the most upset, at least uh, in the social media world, was Keelan Doss. He was a guy that we saw. Uh, it, it looked like apparently looked like on Hard Knocks that Gruden was in love with him. But Gruden just says now that that, that was just a TV storyline. Apparently, it's not, it's not reality, Jimmy. It's, it's not, not reality. reality. It's not a reality TV, TV show. show. Um, uh, Keelan I Doss. I mean, he, he. I as you were. I think you were talking earlier. Keelan, they wanted him back on the practice squad. He chose to go to Jacksonville. Probably a better opportunity for him to get some playing time there. And maybe that plays a little bit into what, what Gruden had to say. Yeah, I thought Gruden's response was a little emotional. I think that's probably why. I think they obviously thought they'd... Did know, he love Keelan Doss? He did, he did love him. I do think that's true. I think um, not enough. You know, obviously, he loved Ryan Grant more. You have your, when you have your kids, you got to rank them. The older you once you love them, so... Ryan Grant was above uh, you, do you, you really do have to rate your kids? I only have one, but I'm saying, I, th- I, mean, I think that's my she, theory so she, of so other she parents. Is number one and number two. Right. She, she's, she got lucky, but I think most parents with multiple kids definitely rank them. I think they all have rankings. In I'm sure heads. you do. Jimmy, you're not going to admit it on the radio. Your kid's nearby, but I'm sure you well, do. Well, my daughter's easier, so she's probably number one. Number, yeah, there right there. All parents oh, do man. it. So it's come back to Oh, shoot, you. she's walking over. I see, I see her right there. So yeah. Gruden loved Keelan Doss, but he really, really loved Ryan Grant. He's That's loved right. Ryan Grant longer. From a distance, from afar. <laughs> I, I did predict Grant over uh, there Doss. You, go. you win. You go. win. Right, two pods ago. One point for nice you. <laughs> um, they cut. Did, you, did you have Don Lovett making the roster? I have no idea who he is, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, That's on. not called for. I, uh, sorry, Don. Uh, yeah, I mean, six safeties. I mean, you were, you were here. I think on your final roster projection, you had four. At four. I was, I, was thinking, I was thinking linebackers, and I had them all mixed up. But, yeah, so. I mean, and, and that's one thing I kind of go with with on Mayak. Like, you don't really need that many linebackers on no, your you team don't. anymore. You I mean, don't. 
you know, they we thought they brought back Wilbur, so they have five yeah, linebackers. They do. And then I just think um, yeah, Don love it. I mean, I guess uh, Gruden today talked about and Mayak the other day about just a special teams guy. And he's come a long way as a safety. I just I just haven't I haven't seen it myself, so maybe I missed out. But I think a lot of folks were surprised. But it's good. He's a good kid. Good for him. And I mean, now we'll see what he does on on teams. We get to see what he does on Monday night. The season opener is right around the corner, a week from now. And uh, what, what do you guys think about that game? What, what's your early impression of? It's the uh, biggest game of the year. That's what I think. I think both teams are. I'm being, being half a smart ass, half, <laughs> half serious. But I think both teams are kind of in the same boat. They both are definitely in the bottom half of the division. Both have a lot of question marks. They have some reasons to be optimistic. But I think a win for either one will go a long way to get them on the right direction. I think the Raiders' schedule gets really tough in a hurry. So you got to win this. We got home games against the Broncos and the Chiefs. You got to at least split those, if not win both. Otherwise, you're looking at a tough row. Yeah, I think uh, the Broncos got a good coach in Vic Fangio, um, but I think defensively, offensively, it's going to take some time for them to really learn that system. It's a complicated system on both sides of the ball, so I think there's going to be some growing pains. Not a big Joe Flacco believer, so I think the Raiders are going to take this first game. All right. Well, that leads into we're going to start. We're going to go and now predict all 16 games. We're gonna break them all down. Not all break right. them all down, but we're gonna we're gonna give you our winners and losers for all sixteen. We will track this throughout the year, and we will see who. You know, we all have our records that we're predicting, and but that's not good enough. It, you know, if I say they're gonna go eight and eight, and they go eight and eight, but I don't get all the correct eight games. People that doesn't matter. People are gonna be really mad. Like, you didn't get all the games. <laughs> no, right. well, this records bogus. People aren't gonna care, but okay. that's not gonna in terms of how we count this. And we'll have a we'll figure out something that uh, you know, so, some way, some kind of. Trophy, whatever, for, trophy. for the winner. I don't know about trophy, but wow. some kind of prize. Probably a beer. I did my picks in about two minutes. I knew there was a trophy in the line. I was putting more time on it, but that's right. The, the trophy is probably a, a beer. So A beer? All, all right. right. So, uh, all right. Monday night, September 9th, Raiders versus Broncos, 7.20 p.m. at the Coliseum. Ted, over to you. Win. Vic? I got to win. I got to win. We are unanimous. Oh, one Three homers. All right. I think the key matchup is Bradley Chubb against Colton Miller. I think Colton Miller, we all think, is going to be better, but we're not sure because he didn't play much in the preseason. He's gotten bigger and stronger, and that's definitely going to be a, a huge test for him. But this is where Trent Brown comes in because if you don't have to help on one side, yeah. then you could help on the one side without giving up you know, too much. So if Miller does struggle, they can give him some help and that's trust Chubb. I trust uh, Trent Brown on his own. It'd be a, a, be a lot nicer if you had Richie Incognito on that left side yeah. next to Miller, but obviously he will not play in these first two games. He is suspended. So, all right, but we have them all going 1-0. and And, I mean, if, if this season's going to go any in any kind of positive direction, they have to win that opener. I think, you know, that's that's just uh, that's a game you got to win. All right, next week they uh, play again at home, September 15th, Raiders versus Chiefs 105. Vic, we'll start off with you. Uh, how do they do against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? I have a loss. Just think too much offensive talent for the defense to, ha- to handle this early. I also have a loss, so Vic and I have them going one and one. And, and Ted? Uh, I have them winning. Ted. Well, and the Raiders play the Chiefs well at home. They do. They had a shootout with them last year. They have more firepower on offense than they did last year. I think the Chiefs are going to struggle out the gate on defense because they are learning a new system and watching them in the preseason, they look kind of lost. So. I think it's going to take some time for them to uh, get acclimated with their new system, and I think the Raiders are going to play them tough at home like they have been. So I think that you know they have a good chance, and I think they're going to win. Wow, two and zero 
for the Raiders from, from Ted. All right. They head out on the road, and rumor has it that when they leave on the road here, they're going to be gone. On, on, they're going to be away from the Coliseum for quite a while, uh, I think. Uh, you might not see them until uh, November. But, uh, all right, September 22nd, Raiders at Vikings heading to Minnesota. Start with you, Ted. Go back, back to you. What do you got? Are they are they 3-0? Are they 3-0, baby? I got them losing to the Vikings. Ah, Zimmer is kind of like the teacher of Paul Gunther, you know, so – He's, he knows that system in and out, and they're just a very talented team. So I, I see I, I think they're going to have a tough time in Minnesota. Vic? Yeah, I have them losing. I have the Vikings. They're probably one of my favorite teams in the league as far as picking you know, postseason hopes and uh, Super Bowl chances. So I think the Vikings are going to be really good this year. I think it's a tough, tough matchup. Yeah, last year was not a great, obviously, first year for, for Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. It can be tough the first year coming in as a free agent. Um, you know, you would think – Year two should be a little bit better. I mean, especially the way the contract he signed, you know, it's a three-year deal. I mean, there's not a whole lot of acclimation time for him to, you know, okay, let me settle into this offense. No, it's like he's got one more year. It's guaranteed, so obviously he's guaranteed for uh, for these next two years. But um, it's time it's time to build a winner there. They paid a lot of money for him, gave him all that guaranteed money. It's time for uh, for him to, to do well. So, yeah, I got, a, I got a loss. So I've got him at one and two, Vic at one and two, Ted at three and one. As they head to Indianapolis, what did I say? Two and one. I say three and one. All right, Vic's Ted's got him at two and one. As they head to Indianapolis to face Andrew Luck and oh wait, nope, not Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett or Brian Hoyer. Who knows? Week four of the season and the Indianapolis Colts. Vic, Indy, no luck. I got the Raiders losing that one. I think uh, I think Brissett's decent. I think it might be a, a game you kind of go in a little overconfident because luck won't be there. I think. It, Defense is pretty good. A good run game. It's a tough matchup on the road. I think the Raiders lose that one. Ted, I think they're going to win. I think Brissett is decent, but I think Andrew Luck masked a lot of things on that team. So I think the Raiders are talented enough to beat the Colts on the road. There, I've got a win as well. I mean, I you know the Raiders got have have a good offense. I think you look at the the way this team's structured. I think they will be able to move the ball. And uh, there there's going to be a couple of games this year that you might have kind of normally penciled in as a loss that I think they're going to surprise you and and that's the one that I'm giving them because uh with the road ahead they kind of need they kind of needs to be one of the ones that they win if they're going to get to the midway point of the season and and, and be feeling somewhat decent about themselves. So all right, Ted has them at 3 and 1 through 4. Vic 1 and 3. I've got them at 2 and 2 and they uh do not come home after the game in Indy. Uh, Vic, you and uh, the Raiders hop on a flight and head over across the pond to London, take on the Bears and a, a certain pass rusher that certain we will not rusher. name. No, nameless. What do you got in I, London where they have not played well? I have the Raiders shocking the world and winning that game. I think um, the Bears are a little overrated on offense. I think uh, obviously Khalil Mack is great. But, again, like Ted mentioned, Trent Brown gives you the chance to either have Trent on him at times or you can help out with Colton Miller on the other side. So I think Khalil – won't kill Derek Carr, which is definitely a big positive for the rest of the season. I think the offense will do enough. I think the Raiders will surprise everybody and score enough points to win that game. I think I got a loss. I just think, you know, maybe three weeks in a row on a road starts wearing on them a little bit. This is a home game, though. It's a home game in London. <laughs> it's a home yeah. game. Uh, home game. Yeah. But, you know, you got to go to London. The Raiders haven't performed well in international games. And the Bears are just a very, very stacked, talented team. So I got a, a loss for this week. Hey, don't don't paint a broad brush of those international games. I saw them beat the Texans in Mexico City. Uh, 
But no, I was that 100 I, years ago. Yeah, not, not, not too long ago. That was a uh, all right. That was an ugly game though. But they they did win. But now I've got them a loss in London. Just you look at the history in London, and and uh, it's going to be a weird week, a weird game. So much going on with all the Khalil stuff, and um, yeah, hard hard to see them going to London and winning that one. Uh, then they come back. They've got a bye. Um, I've got them sitting at two and three. Vic at two and three. Ted at three and two. They own to the bye, and then they come out of it October 20th at Green Bay. Vic? I believe I have that one as a loss. You I do. do. In fact, I think the hangover from London, they've been partying all week after beating Khalil Mack. I think Aaron Rodgers is obviously a tough customer, so I think that's a loss. Green Bay is a tough place to play. I think there's too much firepower for the Raiders' defense. Ted? Yeah, and again, you know, fourth week, well, technically fourth week out, outside of Oakland. Against Green Bay and uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think it's just too much for the Raiders here. That I think they're going to lose against the Packers. Come on, you guys aren't aren't calling that Deshaun Kaiser is in the lineup by then and goes <laughs> and goes and or or at least Deshaun is able to give the, the Raiders all the information about about that the Packers like a good offense. Call for you. Make that call he, right he might not know the playbook himself. Go he got cut. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking a loss. Sorry. All right, we all are picking a loss there. So. One more game on this long road trip, October 27th, Raiders at Texans, heading to Houston. Uh, Ted, what do you got? I think they start feeling a little reinvigorated, ready to go home, and they're going to beat the Texans. T- Ted's got them coming up really reinvigorated uh, over the next <laughs> month here. But All right, Ted's got a win. Vic? I got uh, what I have. I you have, have a win. win. I have a win. There you go. It's a big game. Uh, Bill O'Brien is not the best coach in the world, so I think John Gruden wins the coaching matchup. W. Miss Clowney. No clowny, um, but they do have to face Tunzel now. Uh, this was one where I, I, I flip-flopped, but I did end up going with a loss. Um, you know, the, this, this long trip on, stretch on the road, I think it's going to be tough. So I've got them losing, and uh, I've got them sitting at two and four. Let's see what Vic has them at three and three. And uh, hey, wait, am I, am no. I doing, doing bad math your, your here? Your math is bad. Yeah, okay, I've got them at, I've got them at two and five. Got Vic's got him at three and four, and you've got him at uh, four and four and three. three. Four and three. All right. So uh, finally, they return home November third against Detroit, and uh, we are all feeling good about the return home. Uh, we all have them winning, beating Detroit. Yep. Detroit's not very good. No. Next. <laughs> Short week. They get to take on the Chargers on Thursday night, November seventh. Uh, what do you think, Ted? Well, you know. The Chargers' injury luck is already starting to go downwards. They lost their left tackle, Russell Okung. Okung. They lost Derwin James. And who knows who's going to be left on the team by, uh, by that, that time. So I think they're going to beat the Chargers. He's got them on a three-game winning streak yep. so far. Stay tuned. Vic, short week. Yeah, I got a loss. I got Melvin Gordon's back at some point. I think too much firepower again. This defense, I'm not totally uh, – Sold on. I think they're going to have a hard time stopping some teams, especially the Chargers. So I think it's a loss. Yeah, short weeks are always tough. It's usually better for the home team. Um, but still, I mean, the, the Chargers, if they're anything close to what they were last year, I, I, I like them in that game. So I've got a loss as well. And then they uh, they get that the, the so-called mini-buy, the 10 days off before they play on November 17th. Another third straight home game against the Bengals. And again, uh, we're going unanimous here. We, we've got a little run here of uh, of unanimous picks here. We've all got them beating uh, beating the Bengals. Any comments? I have no comment. Raiders don't have a great pass rush, but the Bengals might look make them look like they're the best pass rush in the league. They literally have no tackles on their roster, so 
I think they're going to be able to beat the Bengals here. So Ted at this point has them with a four-game winning yep. streak and a seven and three record. Uh, I think uh, I, I, I think fans are pretty happy with you right about now. Yes. <laughs> All right. And then Don't they get at me on Twitter. <laughs> then they go back out on the road, head to New York to take on the Jets, and we remain unanimous here. We all have losses uh, as they head back out on the road. That's the Colesio Assembly game. Assembly gets revenge against his old team. That's a, that's a big, mean guy. So if yeah. he's mad, it's not good. No, that's true. All right. Uh, next week they head out to Kansas City December 1st. They open up December football. Ted has them in contention at 7-4, and four, but then he's got them losing in Kansas City, 7-5 and five for Ted. We all have a loss there. Um, I mean, I think you just look at going to Arrowhead yeah. in December, as they always seem to have to go there in December. Probably going to be pretty cold. Derek Carr's history of playing in that stadium, not good. Uh, hard to see them going in there in December and getting a win. Yeah, it, you know, just we talked about earlier, the firepower there is just too much. And playing at home, com- they'll be comfortable in their own stadium, and it's just too much for a Raider to over- overcome, I think. All right, they return home for the final two games, presumably, at the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, December 8th, taking on the Tennessee Titans and uh, Marcus Mariota, maybe. Who knows if it's Tannehill by then. Uh, I don't think any of us are really sold on the, the, what the Titans have going. We all have uh, victories for the Raiders again. Yes, the home crowds is too much. Oakland crowds getting fired up last two games. Can't lose in front of that crowd. Ted? Yeah, Titans, not very talented team. And Raiders are going to be playing home. They beat the Titans. All right, so you've got them up to eight and five now as they uh, as you get to the uh, the final three games here, and then they have the final game at the Coliseum against the Jaguars. And this is where Ted just puts a cold, wet blanket over all those excited Raider fans. <laughs> it's this eight and five team, the final game in Oakland, playing the Jaguars, and Ted. Tell, tell us what, why they're going to lose setup. this game. This is quite a setup. I, I think the Jaguars are going to be one of the most improved teams this year. I, I think last year their quarterback situation with Blake Bortles just really brought the team down. I think Nick Foles is not the best quarterback in the world, but I think he's a, a huge upgrade over uh, Blake Bortles. And I think with that defense, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league um, next year. So I'm, I have a loss for this one. Nick Foles has done well in Oakland historically. Nick Foles has had a big game there with but I think this is, again, this is too much. Home crowd, last game, got to overcome the Keelan Doss factor, but I believe it will get done. Raiders win their last game at home. Charles Woodson's in the, on the sidelines. People are going crazy, making a little O. It's going to be a big day. Oh, man. What's, what, what's their recent history with last games in Oakland? They won last year against Denver. Right, and they won two years ago. Uh, they, they won. The Woodson game? I think that the Woodson game was 15, which that one felt like it might be. Right. Um, those are the two. I mean, there's – it's like every year the last home game kind of feels it's, like it it's might annual, be. It's the annual like last game in Oakland The 15 ever, yeah. and the 18 ones are the ones that I think most felt like they actually might. And, Undefe- and undefeated. It, yeah, they're undefeated. They, they beat the Chargers, the Woodson game. If this uh, is their last game at home ever, they cannot lose. They, won't, they, they, they refuse to lose those games. Refuse. All right, so uh, two more games to go. And, and Vic, you've got them at 7-7. Seven and seven. I've got them at 6-8. and eight. And Ted has them at 8-6. Uh, and six. All right. On the road in L.A., December 22nd or December 21st, there's, there's a chance that could get altered, uh, you know, depending on if this game means a whole lot and they want to move it up to the Saturday. Taking on the Chargers in L.A. and uh, kick us off, Vic. Yeah, I think so. Still a bad matchup. Raiders definitely improved from last year, but I think the Chargers are way too, too talented for the Raiders at this point. So You picked a win. 
But let me finish, right? <laughs> so obviously the Chargers are overconfident in that game. And so the Raiders come back and surprise them with the win. Like, oh, let me stop building it up. You think I let me finish? So the Raiders win that game. All right. Ted? Uh, I think they lose. Phil, you know, Phillip Rivers brings up some of his old Phillip Rivers magic in at home, and they end up beating the Raiders here. I agree. I've got a loss. Um, yeah, I mean, it, so you guys all fell for the trap. The loss. All fell the, for the, the trap. The way to go is the win. Come on, guys. <laughs> nice work for Hard Knocks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, all right, so last game of the year, got the uh, heading to Denver, December 29th, taking on the Broncos. Ted's got a uh, a team at at eight and seven. Vic has a team at eight and seven. I have a team at uh, at six and nine at this point. I think eight and seven is way too optimistic. I'm really questioning my picks at this point. <laughs> I, I wonder what I was doing, but okay, eight and seven. So uh, going into uh, Denver. Denver. And I have them losing that. You have game. them losing. Yeah, because I can't pick them going nine and seven. That's crazy. So I'm going eight and eight. Which I think this uh, sounds about right for me and this team. I think the offense much improved. Defense a question mark. I have them winning against uh, Denver. Of course you do. Finish the best, team the best team in the world, according to you. Well, by the end of the year, we won't even know who is quarterback in Denver. It could be Drew Locke. And if it's Drew Locke playing at the end of the year, there's no way he's beating an NFL team, I don't think, at this point of his career, where he's at. So I have him go 9-7. I have them winning. Remember, I had them at 6-9 and nine coming into this game. So I have them winning. They finish up at 7-9. and nine And, you know, end the year, winning three out of four from me. Three out of the last four, which I, th- I think would be pretty good momentum for a team uh, hopefully on the rise. They would hope at that point they're on the rise heading into Vegas. But uh, I've got them 7-9, Vic 8-8, eight and eight, Ted 9-7. and seven. Is, is that 9-7 and seven going to the wild card, or, uh, or is that just missing out? We'll say wild card. All right. Why wow. not? Why not? <laughs> wild point. card. Well, what, what was it? Last week we were joking. If we did predictions that we would have, we'd all have the same range, 7-9 and nine to 9-7. Nine and seven. We've got one of each, so yeah. at least at least none of us picked the same. And we, we didn't do it on purpose. No, we we picked these all on our own. And all right, so we've got a, we've got a nice range there, and uh, we'll see. Starting off, uh, I mean, we're not going to Vegas. The Vegas over under is six, so we're definitely all saying take the over. Take the over. So go ahead, Bet free, the over. Free gambling free advice money. from the athletic staff. Take the over. Uh, I mean, Ted's just laughing at that over under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's our final Hunter Renfro catch prediction? Each. I'll say the over-under is 57. 57. I'll go over. I'm going to say 65. I'll take the under. I mean, you've got, you've got A.B., you've got Tyrell Williams, you've got Darren Waller, you've got Josh Jacobs, you've got Jalen Richard. I'm going over. Over? Yeah. I think uh, – Pound the over. A lot of checkdowns. I mean, a lot of. I mean, anytime I mean, Derek's in trouble. Hunter said it himself. If he if he has the chance to to, to throw the ball to AB deep or him underneath, he's throwing it to AB deep. But he ain't the quarterback. Derek's the quarterback. <laughs> Derek's the quarterback, and Derek ain't throwing the ball deep to AB if he's in trouble. He's gonna throw it to Hunter Renfro for five yards. Based on Derek, I've seen over the years. I, mean, I know Derek's trying to throw the ball deep more often, but old habits die hard. And I think if he's in trouble, he'll take the sure five yards. And Hunter's got great hands. I think he'll be uh, getting open. So I think I'll have more than uh, 57 catches. All right. Well, we will start finding out how good our predictions are on Monday. We all picked them to win, though, so we won't be breaking so any. They're, they're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Just chased them. Uh, all right. We've had a good time hanging out here from Linguini's Pizza and Brew. It's here at 1506 Park Street in Alameda. Come check them out seven days a week. Watch live sports here all year round. And uh, maybe we'll do this again. Come uh, come chat with us and uh, 
get Hunter Renfro back out here if uh, if he get, does hit that over 80 catches, especially. Oh, yeah. 80, yeah. 80 catches. That's safe. That's the MJD over. We, uh, we no, gotta, we have to get MJD and Hunter Renfro oh, yeah. out here there if, we go. That, if that happens. All right. Well, we will be back on Monday night next week after the season opener, post-game edition. We get to start kicking off our two episodes a week with the post-game edition and the midweek edition. So check out. Very, very exciting. Very exciting. We're ready to do these post-game shows. We're ready, ready to watch real football games. Done with these preseason games. We're yeah. ready to, uh, to talk some games that matter. So uh, we'll talk to you guys again after the season opener. Uh, no yeah, more 80-yard fields. What's that? No more 80-yard fields. We're back to regular season, regular fields. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all right, guys.